Segabits presents Sega Talk, a podcast talking all things with your hosts, George and Barry. Look, it's a giant talking egg. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the master here. Hello and welcome to Sega Talk. I'm Barry. With me is George. Always, right? Like always, but uh, something's new for this episode. This is our fourth episode. If you're just joining us because we're talking about a certain blue hedgehog who usually brings us more traffic than usual, um, welcome. We have three other episodes that you can enjoy that precede this. If you don't care about that and you just like Sonic, well, uh, maybe you'll love this episode. Uh, joining us from Sonic Retro, the Grand Poobah himself, Mr. David the Lurker. Oh, hello. That's me. It's you, and you are the writer of Big's Big Fishing Adventure Three as well. Oh, yeah, that is out of the can't. The cat is out of the bag, as as some might say. That's a good one. <laughs> and it could be it could be argued that you're you're coming off of a publicity tour right now. You're actually <laughs> this is your what your third event that either has to do with Sonic or Big the Cat, correct? Right. Yeah, because I, I was at the uh, the Sega and or not the Sonic and Sega Fan Jam. Got to get it right. Uh, that was in Savannah, Georgia, yes. this past Saturday. So if you didn't go to it, well, it happened. <laughs> but there was a, a nice little... Yeah, sh- and you've also been... Yeah. A- oh, there was a shout-out there during the Biggs panel to Segabits, so you should know that. I don't know if you paid attention to that, but... Thank you. Yeah, Skylar said, hey, look, Segabits, you know, sponsor of the thing that we're at, yo. But he said it a bit more eloquently. Yeah. Uh, excellent. That's very nice of him. And we are also joined by Bartman. Hello, Bartman. Hey, what's how's it going? Uh, I just <laughs> I I just write for the Sonic Retro front page and maybe SegaBits.com. But uh, if you're good, you my, don't remember my my. <laughs> no, not 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 immediately. Although I could probably say the last thing I was covering was the Sonic Hacking Contest for 2016 as a part of the media panel. I got to crash. One of uh, some call me Johnny's live streams while I was uh, while I was there, that was fun. Lucky, lucky you. Um, I I feel like we're delaying the inevitable, and uh, we're going to be talking say. about <laughs> we're going to be talking about a uh, a pretty infamous game in Sonic the Hedgehog history. I am of course talking about Sonic Runners. No, um, I'm actually talking about Sonic the Hedgehog 2006. Whoa. And the reason, yeah, and the reason we're talking about that is it is the 10th anniversary this week. In fact, uh, what was it? The, the 10th anniversary was yesterday as of re- this recording. Um, and I'm sure that was the biggest piece of news that week. And we'll not... Uh, uh, anyway, um, a little background on Sonic 06. So this was intended to be a reboot of the series or, or a refresh of the series. I I really don't know what term they were using at the time, but it looked unlike anything that had come before, and some would say since. Um, The game utilized Sonic Adventure elements, and it also fleshed out many new ideas to create what was considered to be potentially the ultimate Sonic experience. And this game was shown off at E3 2005 behind closed doors, but footage was soon leaked. Do you guys know how that footage leaked? Anyone? No, I don't um, actually. I, I thought something Bartman would know. No, I wouldn't know about that, unfortunately. I think it was simply just a case of but uh, it was it, shown behind closed doors, right? And somebody had a camera, and it was yeah. as simple as that. <laughs> 
It's kind of surprising, though, because, I mean, 2005 technology. It's not like we had iPhones. Um, anyway, so later that year at Tokyo Game Show, it made its public debut. We had a playable demo that showed off t new technology, including a day-night cycle, as well as the use of the Havoc engine for physics. And so I just want to get the um, what our first impressions were at the time, if we remember what we were thinking at the time. And if you don't, you can make <laughs> something up. I'm going to throw things first to uh, one of our guests, uh, David. What were your first impressions of Sonic 06 in 2005? Um, well, I remember when I first saw the footage, there was definitely a, a sense of excitement. We had come off of the, you know, Sonic Heroes wasn't as good as it should have been. Shadow was completely out of left field. And all of a sudden, uh, there were the stills of of Sonic and the green field and there's these robots and everything looked super cool and then the leaked footage of the trailer that was shown behind closed doors I remember downloading and watching that again and again and I was definitely excited by that initial that initial push and then all the all the other things like oh here's the day night cycle mm -hmm. here's all that that initial wave of information made it seem like they were all on the right track especially since Yuji Naka's name was tied to it. Because um, before, it was like, oh, well, he's there, but you got the sense that he wasn't really doing anything, but they were really pushing the fact that he was involved in it. It seemed like it was going to be that return to form that Sonic Adventure was back in 98 when that was announced. So It was excitement. I remember that. Mm. Hmm. Excitement. Yeah. Uh, Bartman, how about you? All right. Well... <laughs> When I first saw it, this was obviously hot off the heels of Shadow the Hedgehog, where I was already kind of bummed out that we had a cartoon hedgehog with an oversized Glock firing at people, and it's like this is this is nothing of what I would would really want out of anything regarding Sonic the Hedgehog. But then it goes, we start going, we start seeing this footage for what would soon be kind of her do a Sonic 06, and it still didn't really grab me because I just feel like the 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 theme was would be a lot darker, as if they wanted to ensure fans that, you know, the Sonic the Hedgehog was growing up with them. But I always thought it was strange that the style of Sonic in terms of gameplay didn't really mesh with something that I would consider something that would be uh, as serious of a tone that they were going for. So you saw that, uh, you know, Sonic would be running by churches and, in <laughs> in a bunch of... Uh, that was in, like, a, the aftermath of a thunderstorm or something like that. And these big, tall robots that don't really... that It's basically... It, it's lo it looks as if, like, if you were to compare it to, like, Mega Man, you know, how Mega Man X is supposed to be the the sort of darker tone of Mega Man, but not not quite. Uh, but I would say this is more of a significant shift in terms of the themes as well as what they wanted to do. And they were talking about, like, you know, getting rid of all these other characters where it would be simply just going back to Sonic. But then, you know, as we <laughs> soon later found out, that wasn't necessarily the case. Right, right. How about you, George? Um, I was kind of excited, but uh, you got to think about it. Something about Sonic, when you see a trailer, you always think... At least I would at the time. Of all the positives it could be, you know? You don't think, like, oh, this is going to be garbage because it's going to be a dark storyline. Even at the time, I didn't mind the dark storylines. I would just skip them or ignore them and just enjoy the game, I guess. But 
I don't know. It just wasn't that great. When you started seeing footage, it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel like this connected with a blue hedgehog. I mean, they wanted to make it realistic like we just talked about. And then, like, Eggman looks super realistic. But it's and there's like a princess and like kingdom and this just wasn't Sonic what it was about and you could tell it was kind of forced. Yeah, I mean we we didn't see those characters at that time though, so really it was it was um, the one stage. What was it? Kingdom Valley was yeah. that what it was? Yeah, yes. that's what they were showing off for the demo. Yeah, and then it was the robots. Um, I mean, I, I guess to ask myself the question and answer <laughs> it, I was I kind of had a falling out with the Sonic franchise at this time, so I think the last game I bought was Sonic Heroes, and then I just. I, I was in college and just focusing on other things and I saw that and I was like oh cool too bad I can't afford a video game system you know like PS3 or Xbox 360 so I just it kind of came and went for me I didn't experience the whole fallout or anything like that all I re- really remember is looking at a magazine and seeing it and thinking wow that's different <laughs> you know um, but uh, I'd like to have a better answer and that's why I brought you guys on for this one um, but I just, I did not experience it in 2005 like you guys did. Did you feel like you dodged a bullet? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was, I stopped playing Sonic games right after Heroes, and I started playing Sonic games in November of 2008. Oh, that's a pretty good time so, period to be away from Sonic. <laughs> yeah. So maybe if people think I'm more positive about the Sonic franchise than other people, it's because I didn't experience that. I don't know. Um, so... The game finally released November 14th, 2006 to the Xbox 360 in America, and then it released to other territories through to March 2007 on both the 360 and PS3. So technically, I guess you could say it was Sonic 07 for some people. Um, But this game was timed to release for the 15th anniversary of the Sonic franchise, and we'll get into how that worked against it. But... I kind of want to get into the meat of this podcast, and so we do have some other um, talking points coming up that I definitely want to get to, but I want to know, when did you first play Sonic 06, and what did you think of, and I say this in air quotes, the finished game? And I'm going to throw this one to George. I thought it was a disaster. I I bought the game when it came out, okay? Because I thought, oh, IGN, all these mainstream websites are just full of garbage. This game can be as bad as they say. I mean, even Sonic Heroes, I was like, there's something there, at least. And then I played this, and I was it was pretty disappointing. Very big waste of money. I think that kind of like stopped me from buying Sonic games day one, for sure. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a huge fan of Sonic Heroes, and I wasn't a huge fan of this game. But this game just wasn't complete. It was broken. Like, right away when you play the game, you're like, this game is, is broken. They never did updates. It just soured. Sour about that, mm. for sure. Sour. It left you sour. How about you, David? Um, well, I, I didn't buy it on day one. I'll, I know that much. Because I, I didn't have any of the new systems. I was s- still, like... You know, I was plugged into the community, reading all the updates as they came. And so I was like, oh man, I wish I could get this game is about to come out. And then, with the whole slew... Of, of reviews and everyone on you know the various the early versions of retro and and all the, the sonic internet community as a whole back then <laughs> it was very much like oh wow this is bad so i didn't get to experience it until what the middle or the tail end of 2007 and uh it, it was 
you know, I, I, when I finally sat down and played it, it was with a whole mixture of, well, I know that this is supposed to be bad. I, I mean, I had I had tried it, like, on store kiosks and, and stuff, but it wasn't until I sat down and played through it, and I, I was like, well, maybe it's not as bad as it could be, but it, it definitely... It, it was an experience, and, and I... W- <laughs> I will say that as I played through it, and I could tell that that right from the beginning that there was something wrong, just the, just the flow. I mean, I don't know if that if we'll get into more as to how the game ex- exactly functions, but that first the first time through, I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, oh, this is it. This this is not how it's supposed to be. But I'm certainly so I, I was there, but I didn't get to play the game firsthand until a few months after the fact. And it basically confirmed a lot of what everyone was saying. I, I didn't go, nah, come on, it was just the moment. It was like, no, no, there's there's a there's a reason everyone said this. <laughs> yeah, I, I was able to play it two years after the fact, so I definitely read the reviews, saw the videos, um, and I was well prepared, or so I thought. And when I got into it, I was just... I was kind of dumbfounded by how unplayable it was. And before people come on and say, you know, oh, you didn't try hard enough, well... I feel like for a game to be good, you shouldn't have to try to play it correctly. You know what I mean? And so I, there's just, I mean, we'll get into the bugs and everything, but it's just, it's such a strange way to kick off the game. You have this like Final Fantasy-esque CG cutscene, and then you're tossed into what feels like a world made out of assets from a make your first 3D (laughs) video game software package. And I, I still don't know, did they actually make concept art for, like, uh, Black Man in Hoodie flailing I his arms? So. Like, <laughs> or did they just look out their window and they saw some black guy in a hoodie flailing his arms and they're like, there's our shopkeeper. Um, it's, it's, yeah. And so, I mean, outside of those kind of strange choices, when you get into playing it, it, it feels strange. Like, it doesn't control and. Uh, George and I have discussed this in past episodes or past podcasts talking about Sonic where it's like I up to Heroes I kind of learned that you kind of need to retrain your fingers because Sonic Adventure didn't play quite like Sonic Adventure 2 which didn't play like Sonic Heroes but there was something about 06 that just felt wrong it almost felt like and I don't mean this in a negative way it almost felt like a fan game that was incomplete. Like, they were trying to emulate what Sonic Adventure was, and they didn't quite get it. But if a fan did this, I'd be like, oh, good show. But this was Sonic Team. And there were so many other problems. Um, Bartman, would you like to share some of those? Well, I mean, you you guys mentioned that, you know, you didn't really have access to the, system, to the game when it first came out. But, of course, you know, that was when the Xbox 360 was coming out. And that's obviously the first platform it came, <clears throat> that it came out on. Um, and, you know, I'm sure except for maybe George, like, none of us really had an Xbox 360 at the time, and I even remember with the Xbox 360, there was just nothing really coming out, like, Perfect Dark Zero didn't look that great, and if you, like, you can Google Wall Guy, and you can pretty much see why a lot of people were detesting games like Perfect Dark at the launch of the system, like, there just wasn't really anything out at the time that made it justifiable to get it. So, for me, when it came, when it comes to play, uh, my first experience with it, uh, it was just like you, Barry. I just kind of played it in an in-store kiosk because 
I wanted to see what it was like. And it wasn't really a kiosk. It was like Hollywood video when they had their Game Crazy <laughs> store. I asked them if I could play the game, and I was like, oh, huh, this has a co-op mode where you can play the through the game somehow with uh, two players. And I tried it. I got Sonic. I didn't really have anybody as player two, and I went around, ran around. The first spring I come across, I hit it. It launches Sonic into the air, past the oval program sky, and eventually led him to his death. That was already my indication of like, yeah, they didn't learn anything from the previous Sonic, uh, the previous 3D Sonic games, and this is going to be another reason to not buy it. In fact, at the time. There was another system that was coming out that I had my attention on, and I had spent $400 on it, which was the Nintendo Wii. Mm. So my proper experience with Sonic 06 actually came from uh, pre-ordering the Wii, because at Game Crazy, we, me and a bunch of others pre-ordered the system, and we had a lock-in for the store so that we could get this, the Wii system by midnight and just leave. Uh, and it was kind of nice. We had snacks. We had uh, all these, uh, you know, we pretty much had access to every game in the store that we wanted to play. And I chose Sonic 06 because it's like, you know, I really want to try and cut my teeth to see why this game isn't so great because I'm already seeing from other people that, yeah, this game is an abomination. So I play through the game. I start running into a lot of cheap deaths and all of these weird physics bugs and the story is weird and all the weird I guess it's mocap animation of like Disney uh, you know like the, the people in suits at, uh, the Mickey Mouse suits at like Disney World like they mocap those people Oh. <laughs> and, it lo- and like everything just looks so awkward and it's the same four kids actors that has like the same stilted dialogue it's like this is just a train wreck left and right these guys finally uh, bugged, uh, not bugged me, but they asked if they could play Gears of War, which had come out recently at that time too, and that was a real powerhouse for the Xbox 360. I said, "No, I'm going to try and keep playing through this," but then I died to like a boss that's midway through Sonic's story, as it was as the frame rate was tanking, and Sonic is just getting pelted by rockets as as I lost my last life, and I'm like, D- "Forget this! I'm not even going to bother anymore." And I just told the guys who wanted to play Gears of War, go to it. I, I never want to see this game again. So I, I just want to go around here, um, and it's just a single yes or no. Did you complete Sonic 06? And I'm not talking about like 100% I got all the whatevers, you know, like right. that sort of uh, thing. But just did you play through and see the credits and basically beat the story mode? No. So, no. Okay, David? Yes. With wow. with everybody, <laughs> right? Do you mean like Sonic Shadow Silver and then the last story, all four? Well, yeah, that's yes. also yes. Okay, cool. Uh, George, how about you? That's definitely no. Okay, and I'm gonna have to say no. Now, huh. um, I I ask that because David, in your opinion, mm-hmm. are we just the three of us here? You know, we didn't finish the game. That's what's wrong. Is that what? Is that is that is that it? We didn't finish it. Okay. No. So no. It, it wasn't a fact of you need to see the end of the game and experience the whole thing before you form an opinion on if it's good or not. It no. was. But it's like I gave the game a fair chance. Like I played two hours of it when I was at that lock-in, and that was a long time that we had to wait to get the Wii. So it's like I got plenty of time to play this game. But no, mm-hmm. after the time I spent with it, I, and after you know playing previous Sonic 3D games and stuff like that, I felt like that you know they. 
hopefully they could have learned their lesson by what makes Sonic work in 3D, and no, it's got the same problems and more, so... And you ended up buying a Wii, and so um, this is a good uh, segue into a quote we have from the director of Sonic and the Secret Rings. This is Yojiro Ogawa, and he was intended to be the director of Sonic 06, and he was very sympathetic to the project. He said the following, The reason why we probably ended up with what we see today involves a lot of reasons. One is that we did, we did want to launch the title around Christmas, and we had the PS3 launch coming up. But we had to develop for Microsoft's 360 at the same time, and the team had an awful lot of pressure on them. It was very hard for the team to try to see how we were going to come out with both versions together with just the one team. It was a big challenge. And I mean, that, that, there's no surprise there. I mean, I think that's something we all knew, even if we didn't know what was going on behind the scenes. And do you guys think, and this is another short answer, do you think that had they the time, would this game be good, better, um, <laughs> if they had the proper development time? Or do you think there were some things in the game that were just inherently flawed and unfixable? Or even things that maybe the team didn't think needed fixing? Like, who's to say that some of the bugs were things that were going to remain in the game, even if they had an, another six months to work on? Um, uh, David? I think if they had had another six months, a year to really iron out and get everything done it would have been better but i don't think it would have been the the um, the great return to form that they were hoping it sonic 06 is an incredibly ambitious mm -hmm. video game there's no denying that you know just the fact that there are nine playable characters each with their own move sets you know you have the, the th what three four giant uh, hub worlds, all the different running, you know, characters running around the, all the levels, the power ups, the, the, the store, the the whole, the whole package, and and the and the crazy storyline and everything. They they wanted it to be bigger and better than anything that had come before, and if you look at just the first fifteen minutes of the game, where it's oh here's Sonic and you have the CG cutscene, the in-game cutscene. You move Sonic for two seconds, then you see Tails. Then you have to find a store that you don't know exists so you can talk to a guy to run through rings to get shoes, <laughs> to buy a power-up to finally get to the first level. Like, all of that... Right. I doubt that that stuff would have changed if they had another year. You, there would have been like, oh, Sonic does this extra animation, or the level design is slightly better, or maybe Sonic feels tighter, because there is a difference between... Well, I don't know if you're going to bring that up later. The the demo that was on the 360 PS3 and then the final product, like the way certain things control and feel. But um, mm -hmm. I, I also don't think it would have been the wake-up call right. that Sega and Sonic Team needed at the time. If it had that extra development, it would have been mediocre to good in, in terms of review, and then who knows what the next Sonic game really would have been like. Um, for it to be... In, um, for right. it coming out in what is essentially an incomplete state and getting the backlash it allowed Sega and Sonic Team to really think as to what their next step should be whether or not that next step was a success or a failure is of course something that is probably best for a whole other slew of podcasts but 
Right. And I definitely agree with you in the sense that there were some things that were just from the beginning scripted to go from one thing to the other. So it's very doubtful, like you said, that if they even had another year, it's not like you'd kick off the game and suddenly be in the first stage. And they were like, oh, let's scrap that whole old man thing. No, they, they probably would have kept with that. Also important to note that from a business perspective, there is no way that Sega would have said, yeah, hold off on that big Sonic game for another year. We'll put another year's budget into it and uh, we'll release it November 2007. That sounds good. I mean, you know, they, they they learned their lesson, I think, from Shenmue. They weren't going to pour as much money as they could into this game thinking that that would help. Um, uh, how about you, Bartman? I guess the question the question was, do you feel like a little extra development time would have saved the game? And that's the thing that I, I kind of wonder about because, I you know, obviously I would say that planning was a real issue with, you know, because you're dealing with three different game systems, and obviously, in a sense, Sonic 06 would have come to the Nintendo Wii if it had a similar architecture to the PlayStation 3 or Xbox 360. But, as it turns out, um, you know, uh, the the fact that uh, you had three radically different systems, and with Sonic Heroes and Shadow the Hedgehog, they had used renderware to get their game across all those different platforms so that you had one game engine that you could work with to get the game out on other platforms. They're basically starting from scratch with what they put out for Sonic 06 and coupling that with the Havoc Physics engine, uh, which was pretty new at the time, and there weren't really that many many games that used it, like Half-Life 2 was a pretty big deal at the time, and, you know, they, they they came out with, like, console ports for that a good t- a good amount of time later um mm-hmm. but i don't think that i i'm not entirely sure if the additional development time would have helped ironed out anything or helped add to the content of the game but but it's mostly because like y- you still had a lot of these crazy issues to where how you know just how sonic controls or you know how your player character controls and kind of magnetizes towards everything uh, yeah. But a lot of it does seem, a lot of the level design does feel like it suffered from having too many, uh, like, just having not enough time to really do anything, so they had to just put whatever they could in there for the levels and a lot of gimmicks to try and make it seem interesting, but it didn't necessarily mesh well together. So you had a lot of uh, significant issues where you could be holding up on the control stick and you just miss the grind rail that happens at the beginning of the stage and just fall off and die. Right. And all these other fundamental problems that, like, that probably could have been solved with a little more time, but you're still dealing with the meat of the game, which is a lot of the platforming with the awkward camera control. And considering that it didn't play too differently from games like Sonic Adventure or Sonic Heroes... Uh, and it just suffered the same issues of collision, the same issues with you know awkward uh, cutscene animation, stuff like that. I, I'm not sure what the additional time would have gone towards. It would have probably helped to make sure the game was could be paired together between the different versions, like there weren't too many di- version differences and stuff like that, but right. everything was working against them. Uh, one thing I did... Uh, uh, I remember when I was uh, for Magic Magic Knight Rare for the Sega Saturn, 
is a Sega game, and in the uh, the translation notes that uh, Working Designs put in the manual, they noted that there was a hard drive crash at Sega that caused them Working Designs to recreate the assets for the game. Uh, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure Sonic 06 had a similar issue, uh, just to chalk things up for like what all had happened uh, for uh, for the game's development, because you know there's like more effects and more animations in the demo compared to the final version of Sonic 06, and I'm mm. sure something, some technical <laughs> issue may have prevented the game from coming out at a more stable right. state. Maybe Yuji Nako stole it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so the the that's us talking about what might have been, but let's talk about what was. Yeah. And so I want to get into just some of the control issues and the game breaking bugs, and even the non game breaking bugs, uh, if you can call them that, that existed in the game. George, tell us some of your favorites. Uh, bugs. Uh, well, I bugs didn't have any favorite issues. bugs. I don't think anybody has favorite bugs, <laughs> but I I just hated like. You would fight a boss or you would fight anything and you would fall down like you would just die and then you had to restart and then you had to reload. That was the worst part. That was like, I have no patience in games. And then this thing mm. loaded for like a century. Like it, it, literally it's like 2016, I'm still loading the game. So every time yeah. you would die, it was like the most annoying thing. Like that's one thing that could improve that game a lot. Like. Could have been buggy, yeah. could have been a mess, but if they didn't make you wait so, so long in the loading. It might have been okay and like it's a crappy game. Let's play it as to make fun of it. Right. Yeah. And a classic example of that comes very early in the game. You talk to the old man. He tells you to jump through rings. It. It no. It loads and then you talk to the old man and what old man L and then it loads again and then you jump through the rings. If you fail, it kicks you all the way back to talk to the old man. It loads. He talks to you, it loads, jump through the rings, you fail, it kicks you back. And so you have to go through two loading screens to get back to where you were going. And uh, I, I don't think people have... Um, there are a lot of, I guess, uh, people with short attention spans playing video games, especially nowadays. It, it's not a, a very friendly game in that regard. If you're a kid, uh, you have a lot of patience for going through anything that go that requires a lot of waiting. I've noticed like the older you get it you know you have more responsibilities you got to take care of more games you could potentially want to play so <laughs> you obviously could, you that's going to be a your factor accounting while the loading screens are happening I don't I don't see the problem True. I got to pay the mortgage come on <laughs> um well that's a good point you could play a different <laughs> game while the game's loading um I'll, I'll say that I think my least favorite bugs were the ones that uh, was brought up earlier where the game would be kind of automated, but then all of a sudden you jump into something where it wants you to have you push forward on the controller, otherwise you just fall. And it's kind of like, you know, you like get on a carnival ride and they put you in the car and you're going forward and you're going forward, you're enjoying the ride. And then you enter a room and suddenly the car just stops and they're like, oh, you're supposed to push forward on the little control in front of you on the car but we're going to have to kick you back to the start of the ride again. You're going to have to remember that. All right, here you go, and you go again, you go again, and you might forget that, or you might do it a little differently, or you might not even figure it out yet that you need to press a certain button as soon as you enter this area of the stage in order not to die or restart. That really pissed me off, and that's something that made me quit playing the game. Um, I believe it was Shadow's level where he was in the, uh, what was it, White Acropolis? Uh, yeah. What a problem! Where he's like driving the jeep or whatever. 
Yeah, I just yeah. I stopped playing there. And also Sonic snowboarding. Um, I believe it was Sonic, or was it was it Shadow? It's it it just Sonic does do the snowboarding. The snowboarding did not work the way snowboards work. That's not how snowboards work. It looks like it looked like that that they just changed Sonic's animation where he's riding something and he just controls exactly the same. That's what it that's what it kind of seemed like. Uh, but they wanted to give you the indication of like, yeah, he's totally snowboarding through this uh, through this section here. But gravity didn't exist. No, I mean, <laughs> it his physics are different in Sonic's world, man. He's a blue hedgehog, right? Is <laughs> that the canon true. reason? That's true. Uh, David, what are some of your favorite bugs? Um, I mean, it was it was popularized on the Game Grumps playthrough, but the the it's no use Eternal Ring. Uh, boss fight with Silver and Sonic when you get caught in the corner and you get hit and then the ring bounces into you because that act, that had, that did happen to me like it wasn't just something that was a one in a million shot it <laughs> it did happen to me and I got very I mean at the time I was like grr but looking back I'm like this is great <laughs> I also love the um, this is fine don't worry about it and then I, I also really enjoy <laughs> The, this is um, it's like you were just sitting there and the room was on fire and you were like um, this is fine why is Sonic 06 a bad game when Sonic jumps onto when you can have Sonic jump on the on the box and he does his little kick and it just goes up and up and up and up and up oh, into yeah. the stratosphere I love that one that's a really good one uh, I feel like there was one more that I thought of and now I, I forgot about it <laughs> if it comes to mind I'll shout <laughs> I think there was one more bug in Sonic 06, yeah. Um, if that one bug comes... <laughs> yeah, so there was only, what, five. Um, <laughs> there were a lot. And so I want to get into some things that we couldn't control. Things that just happened to us. And those things being the story, the right. characters, and the soundtrack. Um, some we enjoyed, some we didn't. Oh, wait. David? Uh, what about my, my thing for bugs in the game? <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry. That was a glitch on my part. That was a bug. <laughs> um, the Skip Bartman bug. Oh, no. Let's hear about it. Well, Tell me your bug. Speaking of skipping, actually, uh, I would probably... I will say, like, when it comes to playing it by myself, I really didn't have any favorites because it just... Obviously, it just led to more frustration than actual enjoyment of the game, but watching people like Darkspine Sonic uh, break the game to where he can just, you can just skip all the way to the credits is it's not entirely baffling. It was probably a safeguard that they had during game development where you could easily skip the story through some means, uh, and it it probably could have done something that would have soft locked the game. But I guess they as a as a uh, as a countermeasure just made it so that it would skip you to a certain point without breaking the game and in some cases i guess that just meant that you just skip straight to the ending for whatever reason That's um weird. but when it comes to the least favorite uh of the of the bugs it was mostly in regards to the collision uh like you notice through the level design that they try to make sure not to put you through too many loops or too many things that would require a slope and just have you like bounce through a bunch of springs or a bunch of dash panels to make it look like that you're achieving some sort of sense of speed but not it doesn't it doesn't work whatsoever because you know you're trying to go through different hills 
And again, Sonic and Car- on the and company, they just kind of magnetize towards the floor. And mm-hmm. in some cases, they like in their if they're riding up against the wall, they just get knocked. If you if you run into something, you run into an obstacle or anything that causes a pain uh, animation or something like that, it just knocks you off. And it's again, it's very clear in the level design they wanted to have the player avoid those kind of situations and just kind of go by the gimmicks in the stage. And that's where like the level design really falls apart for for the game because they had to design around that, around mm-hmm. running up walls or through loops and things like that, which is what a lot of people like to see in Sonic where they get that good sense of speed going with them, but mm-hmm. they couldn't design anything with the, the engine that they had made for the game. Right. And I'd also cite that as bad game design in general, because if you're going to present someone with a playable character in a level that they can traverse through, um, let's look at Sonic Utopia, for example, or, you know, you (laughs) can freely go about. At no point does Sonic Utopia go, God, I really hope the player goes to the left, because that's where the game works, you know, but that's how Sonic 06 felt. You know, you'd be playing around and you go, I want to go explore over there, and then something weird would happen. And it was because they didn't either they didn't plan for you to play the game by your own rules, or they just they had it scripted to the point where it's like, no, you really you really better stay on that path, even though we're making it look like you can do a lot of stuff. You really can't, especially with the islands where you couldn't venture that far into the water. That was creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, David, this is your time to shine. I will give you. I will give you. <laughs> I will give you maybe. One minute. Sum up the story of Sonic 06, and you can't use the time travel, uh, you know, the time travel uh, story part where you say, oh, nothing happened. You have to tell it. What's the story of Sonic 06 in one minute? Go. Sonic the Hedgehog is uh, exploring once again, and he arrives in the land of Soliana just in time to see Dr. Eggman uh, try to kidnap Princess Elise, who has the blue Chaos Emerald. Dr. Eggman is trying to unleash the forces of Solaris, another crazy god thing that he definitely can't control. Meanwhile, in the future, Silver the Hedgehog is fighting alongside Blaze, trying to save his world even though it's already screwed up because it's on fire. He goes back in time because of someone who looks exactly like Shadow the Hedgehog, where he then uh, tries to find Sonic the Hedgehog, whom he thinks is the Iblis Trigger. Uh, Even though Sonic technically is the Iblis Trigger, it's not because Sonic is uh, actually trying to cause anything bad happening. Meanwhile, uh, Shadow the Hedgehog is working with Gun, and Rouge is like, hey, we gotta do a thing. They find a Scepter of Darkness. Um... Maria, not Maria, <laughs> sorry, I'm getting my, my humans confused. Uh, <laughs> Princess Elise uh, is uh, kidnapped and rescued multiple times. She falls in love with Sonic the Hedgehog for some reason. Amy is there and doesn't realize that she uh, has any sort of form of competition. Uh, Ten seconds. Uh, they do some stuff, Sonic the Hedgehog dies, uh, the universe falls apart, and then they fix it again because they blow out a candle. That was... <laughs> basically a minute right there that was dead on okay barry okay barry <laughs> good okay now we know what sonic 06 was about can you tell me the story for the first sonic game all right and that's actually what i was going to do next okay i'm going to sum up the story for the first sonic game in i'll try to do it within a minute sonic fights robotnik i love that story Pretty good <laughs> yeah cool <laughs> Yeah. So you um. think there was a mistake that they thought that they were really good storytellers and they thought they had to like make this complicated story weave of characters? 
It was the um, Pulp Fiction of Sonic <laughs> games, I think. Actually, Sonic Adventure technically was the Pulp Fiction of... I even read that in, really? in reviews. I think the official Dreamcast magazine referred to Sonic Adventure as a Pulp Fiction. Um, and I maybe they were trying to hope that lightning yeah. struck twice. Well, uh, my personal opinion of the story is that it, it didn't make sense <laughs> even when David just said it. Yeah. Um, what was the Iblis trigger? What the was the Iblis that? trigger? Is well because there's Iblis, and then there's um, Mephilus. What's Iblis? Iblis is a fire being, and what happens is that there was a trigger that caused Iblis to sweep the world and set it on fire, and Mephilus. It tricks Silver into being like, oh yeah, something happened, and it's Sonic, so you should kill Sonic to make sure he doesn't do it. But he, Silver doesn't realize that Sonic's death is what triggers Princess Elise to cry, her tears causing Iblis to shoot out of her and then destroy the world. Mephilus is the other half of this being known as Solaris, which is a, a god that for some reason the people of Soliana worship. Even though the Duke of Soliana, ten years prior to the events of 06, tried to harness its power, and I don't know exactly what for, if it was for the good of all mankind or just because he felt like doing it. And <laughs> so it, it, it is a little confusing because then you, you do the, the time travel where Shadow goes back in time and he traps Mephilus in a scepter. And that's why in, when earlier in Shadow's game he accidentally breaks the scepter and Mephilus comes out and looks like Shadow because he's mocking the person who put him in the scepter 10 years beforehand. But the the core of the story is that it, it's a loop, kind of like, you know, you have to go back in time to make sure certain things happen in the future. So the way it's set up is that the bad future has to happen, and yet at the end they find a way where they just erase everything, and it still doesn't explain why Soliana is still having a festival for a god that they obliterated from existence. Right. So tell me, um, (laughs) George, I want to know in your opinion, um, do you think all of this was necessary? All of this? I mean, it wasn't, no, it wasn't necessary. It's like... But is it good because it's complicated? No, it's not good. This is like, I don't know what they were thinking. I heard that they were really influenced by, you know, the Shadow and all these games they were doing at the time, story-wise. By what Ratchet and Clank was doing, but I've never played a Ratchet and Clank game with this much baggage. Mm-hmm. Like the story is just garbage. Like who even okayed it? Like that's like the easiest part in a game. Like they gave you the story, you look at the story, and you're like, nope. Yeah. Do something simple. <laughs> like what are you doing? This is ridiculous. Well, Bartman, do you think that maybe because it's a complex story, people think it's good? That's probably it, although when it comes to, like, I shouldn't really fault a game for not having a parody with the gameplay, uh, like, how the game works compared to how a story is written. Although, I, I you know, like I kind of indicated earlier, I thought that the, the, you know, the overall theme for what was happening, what they were showing off in Sonic 06, and the theme for what's happening in the game doesn't really mesh for what I would consider a Sonic the Hedgehog game. So that's why I thought it was really strange that we have uh, Sonic fighting a god. But then that seems to be a a reoccurring theme with a lot of Sonic games. Like, 
Sonic Adventure did it with Chaos, the God of Destruction. Then you have the Ableist Trigger and Mephilus in Sonic 06 here. And then you have Dark Gaia in uh, Sonic Unleashed. And there's also some sort of big creature for like Sonic Generations and things like that. And it seems to be uh, just a, this weird reoccurring thing that for something where you just kind of jump around and collect rings and then you lose right. all these rings. Oh no. <laughs> like that... Like, that's that's the part that kind of mystifies me for having such a deep lore and a game in a game that's not really designed around... Like, you, I don't really have any sympathy for any of the characters. Right. Basically. And it doesn't... Like, the way... Like, your actions in the game makes it feel like you're just playing something completely different when it comes to mm-hmm. what the story is trying to tell you. Like, if... Maybe if... Uh, Princess Lee dies. Maybe she has an extra life or something like that that could protect her and be like, "Yeah, I died, but I'm back, you guys." Like, yeah, something like that. That's probably a little too abstract for what my, for what my thoughts are for the story. But I don't, I don't really agree with what they were trying to go for for this game. Right. Um, and then there's also the romantic relationship between Ooh. Elise and Sonic, and I kind of feel like the 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 implications for that relationship are a little different from what would have been acceptable for a Japanese audience compared to something that's more Western, especially if there is like an actual like love relationship there. Like, you know, you can love something without wanting to fuck it, you know, like you don't like explain. No, Um, (laughs) um, you know, like it's (laughs) yeah. I mean, as, as said, like you said, this is something that's been recurring. We've seen the big God. And yeah. it might be argued that, you know, people are looking at Sonic 06 and they're seeing the story and they're seeing, like, the romance there. And these are things we've seen in other Sonic things. Why is it bothering us in Sonic 06? And I'd argue that, you know, for example, um, David's favorite movie, uh, the Sonic OVA, you have Sarah. And that's played for laughs, you know? It's, I mean, does she really like Sonic? Is there a little romantic tension? I don't think there was, was there? It took me a while to realize. It took me a while to realize that that's not a human. That's a cat person. <laughs> it just looks like a human with cat ears. Well, it it's a cat girl. So I mean, it's she's mostly human, but has a tail and, and ears. Again, so. Japanese culture. But she's not <laughs> right. I mean, well, Sonic Six is. It definitely feels like a Japanese story, mm-hmm. uh, and like like it 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 feels like a, it could have been some random anime direct-to-video OVA, any sort of thing. It, it, it feels like that. While the Sonic series takes elements from Western culture and Eastern culture and all this, it, it, it mixes things together to make its own identity. Mm-hmm. Sonic 06 is just like, hey, we this is a Japanese story from beginning to end. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, in, in terms of the big gods, chaos is something where I think you could say, yeah, chaos is no different from iblis however i think with chaos you know we were coming into that and it was our first big 3d sonic adventure um that's why they titled it that and we were seeing the mysteries of the chaos emeralds that was really cool chaos was inside the master emerald and even you know even though at the time obviously that wasn't something they planned in sonic 3 or did they um you know as fans as kids we would look at it and go oh chaos was inside the emerald in sonic and (laughs) knuckles you know, and so it it built on it, and I feel like with Iblis, like I was asking you when you were telling the story, like who is Iblis? 
I, I still don't know who Iblis is. It doesn't feel like it has any connection to Sonic. And it also feels like something, it's, it's something that's difficult to describe. You know, whereas Dark Gaia, it's the dark part of the Earth. With Time Eater, it's a creature that eats time. And it's also classic Robotnik, <laughs> you know? Um, but uh, let's talk a little bit about Silver and Princess Elise. Not too much. Um, George. Uh, she's a woman. That's about it. That's the only thing I really know. She's a princess. Um, she, yeah, she gets, and she's like a redhead that's like really in love with Sonic for some reason. There's like, they have nothing in common. He's a blue hedgehog. She's a princess of an empire, but somehow they fall in love. They it's make a beautiful it work. story. It may, they make it work. <laughs> we haven't seen her since, so. Uh... Yeah, I know. I mean, it's. You know, different area codes. Yeah, Sonic, right. he's not going to be calling somebody from some princess. He's got things going on right now. Sonic Mania. Yeah. So, <laughs> How about Silver? Um, I don't want to talk about Princess Elise too much. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Silver. He was the, the shadow of this game. And, you know, when people say, oh, this is Sonic Adventure 3, it's because, you know, we had Sonic in Sonic Adventure. We had Shadow in Sonic Adventure 2, and now we have Silver. The, the and Shadow was the knuckles yeah. of like, yeah, so it's like a third wave here. What do you guys think about Silver? Um, and keep it short. Like, I don't think it's like a bad idea for a character, but it's pretty obvious that they just wanted something to highlight the physics engine that they were using for the game. Uh, so that's where a lot of the physics gameplay elements come in at. Like, I played a little bit of Silver. Uh, he's just as awkward to control as the the rest of the game is, to be honest. But, like, I don't think he's a bad idea that he's basically an agent from an alternate universe. Is it an alternate universe or an alternate future? Future. <laughs> so, future. yeah, that's, future. that's where it starts getting a little confusing for me because the time the time traveling, universe traveling elements come in at. Uh, uh-huh. But, you know, when I think of Silver, the only thing I can really think of is Blaze because... I appreciate the idea that they brought Blaze in as like sort of a partner for Silver, uh, but even though that she already had a history with Sonic, they never really get to meet in the game, and that's where and that that's an element that I think is actually kind of cool because you know who Blaze is, but you you don't get to see them meet or interact with each other, uh, but instead you get to see Silver the Hedgehog come in to try and. Uh, basically put a stop to everything. But, again, it's a little hard to feel for the character when you're not really making a connection with anybody in the story. Right. So, I I feel like, I feel like for both Silver and Elise, like, they could have had a, a chance, like, if they were written well, but obviously in this case, it's just not really it. So I don't have <laughs> too much of an opinion for either one of them. I guess they fixed Silver for Sonic Rivals, the PSP game, hmm. that came out the same year he's, uh, about as fast as Sonic, and he can do the spin jump, unlike in 06 here. So he's basically a reef skin. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> David, what do you think about Silver? <laughs> and I also want to add, what do you think about his depiction since, especially in the Archie comics? Ah, uh, the comics. Because that's a whole other ball of wax. It is. But yeah, yeah. because yeah, in, the, in the game, you could tell they wanted to do something special with him. You know, since he is from the future, and it's a bad future, they—they really—they wanted it. They wanted Silver, I think, to be the emotional core, just like in SA2, Shadow is the emotional core of that story. 
but it it just it didn't work the same way and i i i'm not exactly sure where the ball was dropped maybe it was because it was sort of an uninspired future like you said before iblis was just kind of this vague thing oh it exists outside of space and time but it's there and it wants to kill things but doesn't maybe i don't know and so because he's already going up against something that's muddled his his character moments where like he goes to the past and he's just marveling at the fact that hey there's clouds in the sky there's water like <laughs> those should have been really important moments but they get buried under everything else um and yeah like we can skip Elise because she to be fair doesn't really have much of a character which is why it's hard to say much about her she's just mm -hmm. a glorified plot device um but I mean in the Archie comic Ian Flynn definitely took he's taken the character of Silver and extrapolated what was good about him in 06 and fleshed him out more so in the pre-reboot stuff because you have you know multiple arcs like oh where he's in the future uh, he's and then he goes back in time he's part of the secret freedom fighters like there's a lot you've seen of him right and in the era yeah. you've only gotten a glimpse of him but it, it's still he feels like a more well-rounded character in the Archie comic something that they wanted to do in the games but they didn't really get to it because there was so much other things happening in 06. I always felt like he was the Marty McFly, at <laughs> least in um, in the Archie I comics. I can see that because he's he's actually a pretty like nice guy. Unlike Shadow, he doesn't have an right. e edge. You know, he's a little mopey because he has a terrible future, um, but he also seems hopeful that he can solve it. And at least in the comics, they have um, oh, who's that Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog character? Was it Weasley? Uh, teamed no. with him, he basically has his dog. Oh, um. Professor Von Schlemmer, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it's it's weird, but it works. And so, I mean, I I feel weird saying this, but I feel like Silver is probably the best thing to come out of Sonic 06 in terms of how he's been used in the comics. And that's, <laughs> I guess that doesn't say much. <laughs> um, uh, one other element, though, that people really liked, and I just want your guys' thoughts on this, the soundtrack. Now, the soundtrack featured the return of Dreams Come True, who teamed with Akon, <laughs> hey, um, and they did a remix of Sweet, Sweet, Sweet. Other artists included Tomoya Otani and Jun Suno of Crush 40, and of course, Lee Brotherton, aka Bentley <laughs> Jones. Now, well, the soundtrack is often cited as the best thing about the game, and Having read that, I feel like Akon and Bentley Jones. <laughs> uh, what are your guys' thoughts? What do you What do you guys think about the soundtrack? And let's hear from Let's hear from George because he's the music aficionado. Um, it's the best soundtrack I've ever <laughs> heard in my entire life. Um, it's not the worst soundtrack in the world, honestly, but it also it's not really fit the what I thought Sonic soundtrack should sound like. Um, it's I don't know. That's a hard question. I didn't like the soundtrack. I'm gonna be wow. honest with you. Not that much. There's a few songs where you know it was I could listen to them. I can't even think of the tracks right now on top of my head. But um, it wasn't a, the worst track of all time compared to the game, like the game that it's on. 
it's not the worst soundtrack of all time. And I guess that's one of the few little things you could uh, thank Sega for. They could always do a decent soundtrack on their mm. Sonic games. How about you, Bart, man? What's your favorite song or track from the album and your least favorite? Uh, I... Not sure if I could really say that for sh- for certain, but I do like the the music that they, the musical themes that they were going through for through for this game, uh, especially when you get to places like Wave Ocean or even uh, I forget what the Winter Tundra level was called, but uh, but and even get to Kingdom Valley, like you get to hear that epic sense that that sense of something that epic is something epic is going to happen while trying to retain the added sort of the attitude of sonic where he's carefree but even despite all these clear and present dangers that sonic perseveres with uh with with his usual flair of grace that you kind of come to expect out of sonic the hedgehog i mean wa- i mean wave ocean has definitely stuck with me from what you know from because i was like Obviously, that's the first stage I played, and that's the the one that I heard of the most while I was trying to get used to Sonic awkwardly falling to his death time and time again. But right. I mean, you hit so many glitches that you replay that stage so much that music is just the best thing that keeps. Yeah. And then, you, especially when you get to the high speed sections with Sonic, you have to like like that's got a great like again. It works well with what's going on at that given moment that you're trying to go really. You're going super fast, but also you just have like this great use of guitar going on in the background. But yeah, I can't really answer what what I would say was my my least favorite and most favorite. And I also, especially when it comes to the vocal tracks, because uh, I I don't think I could stand Bentley Jones. I didn't even listen to the the, the song that's in Sonic and Sega All Stars Racing. Oh boy. <laughs> well, I listened to a little bit of it. Yeah. And it's like ah, this is this is lame. Uh, David, how about you? What's um, what's your thought? I want to hear your thoughts on the return of Dreams Come True, and did you like Akon's uh, additions to the song? <laughs> I mean, I was ex. Okay, when I when I heard that Dreams Come True was going to have some involvement, I got excited because soundtracks to Sonic One and Two are still, you know, the, some of my favorite Sonic songs are in those games. You know, even though we've heard the Green Hill Zone a million times. I still like that song, but when when it was just oh well they're remaking the ending theme to Sonic 2 and Akon's on it. I remember when they first teased that song in one of the trailers. Like there's Elise and she's watching things blow up and you hear it. I was like oh hey that could be good, but then when you hear the full version, it's kind of ridiculous <laughs> and it it just seems sort of out of place. Like oh man we drew an Akon in the for Silent Night. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, but uh, I'm not Sorry gonna to lie. That. I mean, Akon came yeah. in. Yeah, it was. Um, I it would have been better if if Dreams Come True had done. I mean, I would have liked it if maybe they had made a couple original themes, or if they were a bit more in control of that remix, or what have you. It, it would have been nice to, or even to hear the actual, like the song that they released in '92, '93. Have that be the ending theme there's a I mean the music as a whole I will say that Bentley Jones doing the vocals to Dreams of an Absolution even to this day they don't bother me I I didn't enjoy 
the song is so much more Bartman. That's what it's called. <laughs> so much uh, more. Yeah. From uh, All Stars Racing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, like, that you can kind of take it or leave it. But Dreams of an Absolution, I still do enjoy that. And I, I, I do, for the most part, enjoy the soundtrack and the themes that kind of play over and over again. Even because I listened to the whole thing yesterday while driving uh, across uh, across the country uh, from Georgia up back to <laughs> Michigan. We, we uh, People I was with, we sat and listened to the whole thing. And there are nice little things, because even like Princess Elise's theme, you kind of hear it here and there. Like You got the accordion guy doing it, you hear it near the end. That song really only gets awkward when you hear it with the lyrics, but every other time it's used. It, it's nice. And I mean, I still enjoy Kingdom Valley, Wave Ocean, um, whatever the level is that's the the secret laboratory base. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. Like, there's, there's still some mm-hmm. really solid songs. It's just they, you know, they're tied into a game that... <sighs> They probably shouldn't belong to. I, I do want... I guess... Yeah. But, Georgia, I, I think what you said does bring up a good point. That if this game was completely different, if it was a lot better... Like, let's say it was on the levels of SA1 or 2, or even something like Generations, and it was the exact same soundtrack. Would it be as revered as it is in the Sonic community? Or would it just be, oh yeah, well that was okay, but it's definitely nowhere near as good as it should have been? I think that's a, it's a question that not many people think about, probably because, for the most part, 06 is seen as a bad game, but the music is solid, so it, it puts it above a level. But yeah, that's an interesting point. I liked it. <laughs> Sonic 06 has its detractors. I think there's four of them sitting in this chat right now. <laughs> um, but it also has its fans, and so I thought this would be the point where I am being very uh, fair and balanced, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to allow some people who have replied to my query on both Twitter and Facebook as to, you know, if they're a fan of this game, what did you like about it? So I'm just gonna read some, and we're not going to reply, we're not gonna tear them apart, we're just gonna let their words, you know, be their words. Uh, We have Jesse here, and he's on Facebook, and he said, it was a bit of a darker take to a Sonic story, and it was different. The good kind of different. It was the first time that Sonic was in real peril and had everyone help to uh, help him come back. I think he's referring to the... Oh, here we go. Nobody would have expected Sonic to, spoiler alert, die. Mephiles was ruthless, and I really enjoyed how dark and intense his character was. He was a real threat. Also, the music was fantastic. Sonic games have always been at the t- on the top of their game when it comes to music. We also have a comment here from, I don't, is this a real name? Sploit. Anyway, Sploit says, I liked slash enjoyed the story. So like joyed. And the graphics were incredible. The gameplay for Sonic was fun as for the gameplay for, as was the gameplay for Silver. I enjoyed the unique gameplay for Silver using his telekinesis. The mock speed sections were a cool idea and seemed to be a precursor to the boost mechanic that appeared in later games. The other new characters were cool, too. Also, I actually liked Eggman slash Robotnik's redesign and the slight design change of Sonic and his friends. The music is amazing. I also really like the environments in the game. Crisis City is an awesome setting for a level, as were many of the other settings. And um, 
Yeah, a lot of people like the music. I won't go through. A lot of people are just saying the music exclamation point. Music and the fact that it's called <laughs> Sonic. <laughs> yeah. In terms of the character for Elise, um, I've noticed for like this and even like Sonic Adventure 2 is that they like to have sort of a philosophical point of view coming from certain things like how Shadow the Hedgehog in Sonic, uh, Sonic Adventure 2 is always questioning whether like if he is real and or whether he's like you know this ultimate biological form and things like that and then for stuff like Sonic 06 a lot of uh, th a lot of themes for Elise is her growing up as a person and adhering to significant responsibilities even if some of those responsibilities means you well you basically have this thing inside this god inside of you and if you cry you're going to destroy the world which is a really <sighs> really weird tell all your kids that. thing to to set your child with and frankly it doesn't make yeah. any sense yeah and if and if it's and if it's a real any kind of religion that's near me i want none of it well before we before we discuss further i do have a few more people this is on twitter we have uh sparks the echidna they said they liked the variety of characters the amazing music the great level designs and silver his character and story are amazing Jose Ramon E. says the soundtrack is awesome, the CG cutscenes were nice, although the gameplay is broken and unpolished. I enjoyed it a little. More people are saying the music, the level design, graphics stands out, godlike music, someone said. Uh, music, music, <laughs> it was different, one person said. <laughs> music, dot 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 dot, that is all. Sky Gem and Rainbow Gem, that's their answer. Outstanding music, good story, in quotes. The glitches made the game even more fun to play. And Sonic and Shadow, really fun to play with. Kind of reminds me of the angry video game nerd movie where they were intentionally making bad games because people oh, yeah. like glitches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good level design, occasional cool story moments. So you get the, the picture. I mean, I think the music... A lot of people latched onto the story, and I'm not going to badmouth them or anything if they if they like the story they like the story i feel like i think people might be looking at complexity and thinking that that equals good quality and you notice it's always like the story or the cutscenes mm -hmm. or like never like oh the gameplay is perfect no glitches it was per it was mm -hmm. level design perfect perfect level design nobody because i mean it has its issues at no. least they admit that they're not blind to that if they like the cutscenes and the music, that's cool. I mean, it wasn't terrible music. And so, you know, Sonic 06, it has its fans. And we are... I feel like we're sometimes a little too mean to them, especially when you give get to the fact that Sonic 06 failed. They never saw another one. It was kind of a brushed under the rug, and they moved on. Now, the fallout. Uh, just briefly, Yuji Naka leaves Sonic Team during development. That was one major thing. Uh, Sonic's brand reputation was tainted. Even if you like the game, you gotta admit that it hurt the reputation of the brand. And Sonic saw another quasi-reboot in 2008. And so I just want us to go around and say the best thing and the worst thing that Sonic 06 did for the franchise. And we're gonna begin with George. It stopped, well, it kind of stopped the over-complexity stories that we were just talking about. Like, I feel like they doubled down after Sonic Adventure 2, and uh, it was not good. That was the best thing? That was the best thing. And the worst thing? Uh, that comes... Oh, a lot of bad 
games and Yuji Naka leaving was pretty bad, I think. I like him. How about uh, how about you, yeah. Bartman? Best thing and worst thing to come from Sonic 06? Or what it did to the franchise, I should say. Probably the best thing I could probably think of is that was the end of that control, that play style of how a 3D Sonic game works. With When you had Sonic Unleashed come in, even though you had like boost mechanics and things like that, you had more. I feel like you had a sense of control that made not only made more sense, but also something that would be, well, it it didn't feel incredibly awkward to play or incredibly slippery. At least I would feel compared to something like Sonic Adventure or Sonic 06. The the worst thing to come out of Sonic 06 is everything but besides but if we have to be more specific about the worst thing about it i actually kind of feel like the worst thing is that um you know because we keep seeing a lot of sonic games come back after a period of time or like as they come back and port them or something like that we're never really going to see this game again and this probably doesn't really fit for for what this is you know what the thing is asking here for but I feel that it's going to be a game that no one's going to really come and revisit. But mm-hmm. wh- but because of that, we have... You know how every new Sonic game around, I'd say starting with Sonic Heroes, you heard Sega saying, like, we get it. We understand what we need to do to make a, a Sonic game work, what makes it better. And then, unfortunately, they keep saying that. They say They said that with... Sonic Unleashed, and, you know, they, after that game came out, they had, like, Sonic Colors, and they were like, we get it, we understand what's wrong with Sonic games, and now they're still doing it, like, you know, Aaron Weber is the brand manager for Sonic at this point, and even then, you know, even with uh, our good buddy Gene on the other side over there, he's, well, you know, you know how it is, <laughs> like, it's... On the the, the fact side. that they're still saying we we understand what makes a good Sonic game, <laughs> like they it ke- they keep saying that over and over again, and obviously for Sonic Mania, that's not going to appease the people who want a new 3D Sonic game. And even then, like Sonic Mania doesn't have a grandiose story like Sonic Adventure, right? Uh, or not really. Well, Sonic Rush maybe has that kind of grandiose story, but no one really pays attention to it, or any of the, those 2D Sonic games that does have a story. It's the the cycle, uh, basically the Sonic cycle is the worst thing that had come out of Sonic 06, is that we see a new Sonic game, Sega says we, you know, they we want to appease all the people, <laughs> Yeah. and then we're left with nothing but a bunch of apologists that say, like, no, this game's fine, it's great, but ugh. it's a vicious cycle that has kind of, that's that's where I think the Sonic brand, Sonic as a brand, really falters, and that they have to apologize for their last game, which I think is a very strange pattern that has come ever since for the wow. past ten well, years. Well, how about you, David? The best thing and the worst thing Sonic 06 did for the franchise? Can I say Crisis City in Generations is the best thing? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think I, I had also said earlier. Like, one of the best things that the game did was give Sega and Sonic Team that moment where they had to step back and question everything they were doing with the character and the franchise. And there have been some missteps since then as well, but I think it, it, it definitely went... You know, we can't just rely on the fact that it is a Sonic the Hedgehog game. We can't just release something and have it filled with 
with glitches and, and inconsistencies and bad design and expect it to sell just because of what it is. And I mean that. I mean, it sounds like the best thing is a negative, but I mean, it it, it definitely was a wake up call that they needed because Unleashed certainly had polish and Colors was definitely more focused on you know like bursts of, of levels instead of having a grandiose storyline. Although, I, w I will say that, you know, at the very least, Sonic Adventure shows that you can have a story that's grand in scope, but still focused enough where, you know, it doesn't just have to be Sonic goes from point A to point B. Sonic 06 just took it to a, a level beyond what Sonic's supposed to be. If, if the story had been pared down, uh, retooled, refocused, it could have actually been like one of the best stories that a Sonic game presented. It was just the execution. Um, and so, the worst thing? Um, that's a good question. There's so much that's bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it really is. Do you think it's the, the fact that it <laughs> still haunts the franchise to this day, even after all the good things they did? Do you think that would be the worst thing? Yeah, I mean, that, I, that definitely works. Because I know people sometimes still poke fun at like, oh, well, Heroes was kind of weird. And, oh, Shadow, he was, he, he was emo. He had an emo game. Ha, ha, ha. Even, like, weird side things like writers and people poke fun at it. But nothing has had the longevity that Sonic 06 has had. Uh, the fact that one of the final scenes features Elise kissing Sonic. And even though it's to bring him back to life and he turns super. And it's not like they're tonguing in front of everyone. It's still enough to, like, that symbolizes this is how low the franchise can be, and we're still talking about it to this day. Like, <laughs> Sonic just can't shake it. Even the Sonic Twitter had to poke fun at it. Yeah, it's, it's a weird combination that the game was as bad as it is. Like, it being bad was both the best thing that happened to the franchise and the worst thing that happened to the franchise. And the repercussions are still felt to this day, and I'm sure they're going to be felt for the next ten years. It, you know, regardless of what mm -hmm. 2017 turns into, what the next 3D game after that will be, whatever mania, and hopefully any future 2D sequels do, like, there's still going to be that stigma. And I guess because it was presented in a sense as a reboot, even though the game itself doesn't treat it like mm -hmm. a reboot, because, hey, there's all these established characters and events in the past, and, you know... It, I remember when they were first advertising. It, the it's game a weird one that they would point out, like uh, you know, when we first saw that screenshot of Tails, they were like, "Wait a minute, I thought we weren't going to see these characters again." Like you were talking about how it was going to be a reboot of Sonic and Shadows there for some reason, and now Silver is here too. But then, because it's like we're restarting with nothing but hedgehogs, and now here's Tails, Knuckles, Blaze, whatever, <sighs> Amy, who can turn invisible, by the way. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. But I guess I should also point out that, you know, like, Silver's gameplay is this weird thing, because I think part of it was taken from a Sonic Team game that was cancelled. And it's... Right. It was, it was very weird that you had this completely unrelated mechanic, because Shadow still kind of like Sonic, even if he's running around and, like, he can shoot <laughs> things, and he's, like, not guns in 06, but... 
you know, he has some projectile-based attacks, and he's driving things, And but Silver is completely different from everything. And I'm sure there's a way you could take the telekinesis and streamline it so it still feels like a Sonic game, but they didn't. I don't think they had the time to even explore that mm. properly. I guess they wanted to try and do something pretty big for the 15th, 15th anniversary of Sonic the Hedgehog, and the, they probably felt that it was going to be in a game that would be more popular than something that would be considered as an offshoot. And of course, as you know, Sonic Team has hardly made, uh, not kind of like the Rub Rabbits maybe, but like there's not re- they don't really branch out to do something other than a Sonic the Hedgehog game. Well, George, did I I got your answers right for this? Yeah. Okay. What's your answer? Well, my answer would be, um, I would say the worst thing is definitely the Sonic cycle. The fact that we're still talking about Sonic 06. The fact that when people make stories, like you know, you'll see websites even in the past few months, they'll still choose a screen grab from Sonic 06 and put that at the, you know. At the top of their article, it's either that or an awkward image from uh, Sonic X. So it's it's definitely not helped the franchise in that sense. I would say the best thing to come out of it is, as uh, you guys have mentioned, that it has allowed us to try that, see that it failed, get past it, learn from it, and uh, you know we've seen some pretty great games since. I know there's you know. People don't like uh, some elements of Unleashed. People don't like Lost World. I personally think those two are actually pretty fantastic games compared to Sonic 06. I was going to say, this is the last game, I think this is the last game, where they kind of had all these friends and their gameplay. Do you think that was a, a good move, just focusing on Sonic and moving forward? Like, right now, still, is sort of just Sonic, right? Pretty much, I, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, there's obviously stuff like Sonic 4 Episode 2, where you get to play as Tails for once, but the, obviously it's like a 2D game, blah, blah, blah. But And Sonic Boom, which we were trying to forget. Yeah, I mean, now <laughs> yeah. we have another Sonic game that we have to friggin' forget about now. Jesus. <laughs> um, I liked how Generations handled it. I really liked the missions. I've, I've been replaying Generations recently, and it's just kind of fun little treats to go in there and you're like, oh, it's a Knuckles treasure hunting stage. But it's not, you know, it doesn't need to be completed to beat the game. I like that. Um, I also feel like the characters in the 2D games were necessary because it gave you new ways to to traverse the levels, and I feel like they just did not explore that well enough in the 3D games. I would like to see Sonic and Tails... or. Tails and Knuckles brought back into the 3D games and see how flight and wall climbing could be integrated into a Sonic level so we could once again see those stages that can be explored three different ways. But by and large, I've been enjoying the Sonic-only experience. Uh, We could be talking about Sonic 06 all night, but we need to keep things going. Uh, This is something we've been doing in all the other episodes just to give a sense of... um, the times maybe talk about how these things have impacted, if any, uh, Sonic 06. So, George, let's go through some of the top movies here. How's that sound? Yeah. Would- <laughs> All right. Um, the Departed, Pan's Labyrinth, Children of Men, Little Miss Sunshine, Casino Royale, United 93, and Babel. A lot of grim, grim mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, and it's it's interesting that that these were some of the biggest movies of 2006. Do you guys feel like Sonic 06 is kind of 
vibe and story is kind of a reflection of these times? It was probably around the time where uh, you started seeing this serious tone happen in video games. Although I kind of feel like that was a, a result of stuff like, you know, because obviously Halo has been out for a while, and then Gears of War had also come out at the same time, and it also had a really dark tone to it as well. And, you know, that's just kind of where that audience for video games has uh, has a, kind of evolved to over time. But I I can't really say whether or not the the like the tone for like movies had really uh altered the 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 theme of what Sonic 06 was going to be about although Pan's Labyrinth it's a different type of dark tone compared to what you would see out of something like Sonic 06 if mm-hmm. if i recall correctly <laughs> yeah i mean we were we were 5 years from uh 9/11 i feel like it was still a time of uncertainty it wasn't a very positive time it seems like a lot of uh, creatives were doing a lot of introspective work, either looking at, you know, apoc- I mean, you look at Sonic 06, there's an apocalyptic future. You know, the future is not bright at all. Um, and you look at Children of Men. Yeah, and it was also kind of interesting because at this time, it was sort of the drop of uh, mascot platformers. Like, even Ratchet and Clank and Jack and Dexter were like the only things in the PlayStation 2 era that were g- continuing with quality titles i guess mm-hmm. and at this time i guess they they were more aimed at teenagers i would say like they had guns they had exploring aspects and i guess this is something that sonic team would try to grab i, well, I think they just went with too many gameplay modes and you know it's mm-hmm. not well, great not a great this game. is also during the high of grand theft auto where you had this um, this immense uh these not only open worlds but also like the variety of what you could do in those games, and uh, I would I would probably say that's kind of a factor for what they were going for, especially when they wanted to return to the open worlds that they uh, had in Sonic Adventure and trying to elaborate on that. But then, as a result, you just see a lot of like empty warehouses where nothing is happening in them unless you can somehow trigger a <laughs> event to happen in the game. And some of the notable games, just to go through those, there were a ton, a ton of sequels in 2006. Yeah. Uh, we also had, from Sega, the Rub Rabbits, which I still feel like is a very underrated game. I feel like it's probably one of the best DS games that no one talks about. I agree. We had Elder Scrolls uh, Four. We had Bully, Company of Heroes, Warhammer 40k Dawn of War, and Medieval 2 Total War. Two of two of which were actually being made, you know, at a time when Sega didn't own those studios or IPs, and now they do, which is kind of surprising. We had Final Fantasy twelve, and we had Okami. So there was, um, I mean, out of all that, I mean, there were many more games too, but the Rub Rabbits is the only one there that really stands out as being kind of a bright and happy game. We also had Grand Theft Auto Liberty City Stories. A lot of football games, Gears of War, Kingdom Hearts 2, New Super Mario Brothers. So, and that's another reboot right there, right? <laughs> yeah, it was the Pretty the much. grim dark New Super Mario. Um, oh man, that was, <laughs> at least the music was good, guys, right? David, we ha- we haven't heard from you on these. Um, do you think Sonic 06 was a reflection of any of these games, or maybe even games that came slightly before? I I, I think that the, the fact that all these games kind of 
seem to, to share a similar negative view on the future and what ha you know what would happen. It, it's just a reflection on the times themselves. I don't I don't think any one any of those games specifically influenced Sonic 06, but I think they were all sort of influenced mm -hmm. by just the moment in time that they were created. I, and I mean, Sonic Team was also, um, you know, they were looking at darker, you know, not not happy films to begin with. Like with the previous game, Shadow the Hedgehog, there was, there was inspiration from the Terminator franchise and the Underworld movies, and those aren't exactly happy-go-lucky tales to begin with. And you know that Sonic 06 had to have begun development while Shadow the Hedgehog was still wrapping up. You know, that's there's no way that Shadow was done and they went, okay, now we're making 06, even though sometimes it feels like maybe they did, or they waited a year because, ha, jokes. But, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> the, the fact that Shadow the Hedgehog was already um, looking towards... Like, you know, the Terminator movies are, hey, the future's, this is not happy. It's screwed up. It's bad. It's, you know, Sonic 06 continuing. No with, fate. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Sonic 06 just. No fate but what we make. Right. And so Sonic 06 picks up on some of those themes and elements that are already present within uh, the company. And the fact that there's movies like Pan's Labyrinth and Children of Men that you're like, ah, it, it, yeah, I think they, they all sort of reflect upon each other and maybe even all slightly influence each other in some way, but there, it was not like one thing that came out and Sonic Team went, ah, yes, we will use this as a source of inspiration. It was just a combination of, of many things, mm. just a very specific moment in time. It is a reflection of itself. <laughs> that makes any <laughs> yeah, sense sure. it's a the darkness of sonic the darkness of sonic yeah. wow <laughs> well um i guess do you think that the burger king video games were an inspiration oh, for sonic 06 because they came out the same <laughs> is definitely yeah i think sonic team saw the games and they're like if, we, if they could sell millions of these we could sell millions of sonic games that are incomplete so <laughs> enjoy I mean, we've had a lot of final words on Sonic 06. I don't think we're going to have a final word on Sonic 06. We're always going to be talking about it offline, online. Um, but I just wanted to thank you guys for coming my on. my dreams. Yeah. <laughs> to share your thoughts and concerns <laughs> about the game. Um, if anyone has anything else to say, now is the time to say it. Otherwise, I'm going to wrap the show up. Anything? I do have a couple things, uh, especially one more thing to add for the uh, the Elise thing, where I kind of feel like it was, you know, because we haven't really heard from her again, and obviously the the story of Sonic 06 is that uh, you don't get to see her ever again, be and Elise kind of struggles with the thought because that means, you know, she doesn't really get to grow, to kind of evolve as a person with the help of Sonic, she has to do it on her own. And, you know, Sonic's parting thought is, as long as you just have a carefree, or at least as long as you don't let things bother you, I guess, is, uh, that helps you become a stronger person. And, just smile. you know, as, of course, the, uh, the, the ceremony begins and Sonic's not there, but 
you know, at least just goes on growing up and being an adult and not crying because you're going to kill us all, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, and, of course, the other thing is that, you know, there were three other games that had come out for the 15th anniversary. Um, you know, there's the Game Boy Advance Sonic 1 port, which is garbage. Sonic Rivals on PSP, which is a nice idea, but it's got really bad execution. And then you had Sonic Riders, which was the multi-platform racing game, which uh, I actually think is an okay game. Uh, and even people like uh, Salvo on the Retro uh, website will tell you a thing or two of why that game is great. And it was the best-selling Nintendo GameCube game in North America in 2006. In that, that year, yeah. Yeah. Because there was nothing else. That really? was it. <laughs> huh. Okay. <laughs> how about you? How about you, David? Do you have any parting thoughts for us? I mean, like you said, the inner well, the Sonic fan base, the internet at large, they will continue to talk about Sonic 06 forever. You could have a, a podcast series, like you could have a series that examines every single element in depth, each level, each piece of design, the politics behind the scenes, everything. It, it's just there's something fa- there's something fascinating about the Sonic franchise as a whole, the highs and lows, and Sonic 06 represents all of that. And I will say that no matter what you hear about the game, that if you if you've heard people that say it's the greatest thing ever and it's misunderstood, or that it's the worst game ever made, you owe it to yourself to sit down and play it, at at least the first fifteen minutes of the game, if not the rest of it, because no YouTube video, no podcast like this will really explain it in a way that actually experiencing the game will. Well said. George, what are your parting thoughts? My parting thoughts are, uh, yeah, if you're going to play the game and you want to suffer like we suffered, play the 360 version, not the PS3 version. (laughs) That's it. Um, And so you you guys can be found on the Twitters. Uh, What are your Twitter handles? Yeah, you can just find me at Bartman3010. I'm pretty easy to spot. I got a Totino's hat on. And David, you can be found at... uh, yeah, at DT Lurker, uh, L U R K E R. Um, yeah, that's my Twitter handle. <laughs> it, it should mention something about Big's Big Fishing Adventure 3 and Sonic yes. Retro in the description, so it's not too hard to find me. Yes. Um, and you can you can visit the site at sonicretro.org. You may have heard of it. There's also Big's Big, <laughs> Big's Big Fishing Adventure 3 that's coming out in December. And Bartman hosts those uh, great YouTube streams, and they're on Twitch as well, I believe, right? Yeah, I'm pretty much the the producer of Sega Channel Retro that's uh, popping up every now and then. Uh, Me and uh, Neohazard are actually going to look into doing some streaming of the LEGO Dimensions set that's coming out for Sonic. So that'll be something to look forward to. Very cool. And then, of course, you can visit George and I, our little website, our little corner of the internet, segabits.com. And I think it's only fitting to end the Sonic 06 episode by starting at the beginning. Hello and welcome to Sega Talk. I'm Barry, with me is George. Hello, everyone. And this is our yeah. Sonic 06 episode. No, no, turn it um, off. <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. Just smile.